everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Em. And I'm Kira. Um, and I feel like we're now on a roll. I think we had yeah. a couple of weeks of slight tech issues and or people moving house and not having access to Wi-Fi. <laughs> <People>. <laughs> Naming no names, people moving house and not having access to Wi-Fi. Um, and then me losing files for an episode. So I feel like we've had a few weeks that were a little bit rocky, but... I think Taylor Swift last week blessed us with her new album and with that came Mm -hmm. a new era for us as well as her and I'm now just feeling like we're on a roll you know Friday afternoon post-work recording sessions I'm here for it so yeah welcome to another episode. (laughs) Me too I feel like we've really found our groove. (laughs) We say this. Watch us do it for two weeks and then disappear for four months (laughs) because i'm pretty sure we had two weeks at the start of this section as well where it was going well and then then you moved so then we had like a rough couple of weeks and now we're on week two of back to like our full strength so i'm hoping this is like the start of something new but equally our track record does suggest that it might not be (laughs) i don't think i can ever hear the phrase start of something new and not think high school musical (laughs) you know what that's exactly the vibe I was going for, so I'm glad you picked up. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so, before we go on to highs and lows, okay. what I want from you... Are you going to ask what the, I was yeah. going to ask? I think <laughs> yeah, we were both going to ask the same question. Okay. I want your updated top, top three. three. Was yeah. that what you were going to say? Okay, I'm so glad you wanted to know this okay. as well. Right, so, what I will first say is that my top three is now different bar one song so one song is still going strong and the other two have come up from let's say like quite low down my ranking so a lot can change in a week so the one song that has stuck strong is snow on the beach featuring lana del rey because i just love that song so is that number one still yeah it's well do you know what i think i've kind of got like a joint number one spot and between that and bigger than the whole sky so that one is a really, really good song. They both just have such immaculate vibes, and I just think mm-hmm. that they're, they're very, like, I think they're probably two of the more similar songs on the album. I, I just feel yeah. like they've got a similar yeah. energy to them. Um, and I saw, and you also sent this to me, Pot Roast Mom had done, like, an oh, edit no, of, <laughs> like, thinking of Pot Roast when she heard that song for the first time, and that set me off crying. And then... Not to get too far into it, but the final episode of House of the Dragon was out this week and my TikTok has been full (laughs) of edits of various scenes to various Taylor Swift songs, but there was one scene from the final episode which has just been put to Bigger Than The Whole Sky so many times and I just love it, but it does make me literally want to cry, so... It is a a really sad one. I think it's in the same category as Soon You'll Get Better. Yeah, which is another one that I really love. Yeah. It's like those kind of songs where actually you shouldn't really speculate what they're about because you can just tell that they're about a really sad subject. So I also think know. like with with art, music, any kind of like sort of creative expression, mm-hmm. obviously it's been inspired by something. But what I love about it is that it can yeah. be applicable to so many different things. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you can apply it to things in your own life and while obviously Taylor will have been inspired by something in particular when she 
wrote that song in the first place it doesn't mean that you can't sort of take from it your own experiences so I feel yeah, like it's 100%. a really great song so that's the one that's vying for top spot for me okay and then in third place for me now is Midnight Rain which it's so I just good love. isn't it it's so it's catchy such a grower. I really <laughs> like it so yeah that's my top three right now um, and I think I'm now at a point where it's starting to like level out I'm like familiar enough with the songs that I think yeah it's more solidified than it was this time last week. What about you? Okay, so my number one has changed. Okay. And every time I try and say this song title, I forget the like the order of the words. <laughs> but it's definitely would have, could have, should have. I know it starts got with would have, but yeah, I can't remember if it's it. would have. Was it? Okay. Yeah. That one. <laughs> oh my gosh! The first time I listened to that one was like five minutes before we recorded last week's episode so I didn't have time to really sit with that one (laughs) I said to you last week Midnight's is an album that you you lie in the dark and you listen to (laughs) and I listened to that one and I thought holy shit this is a song (laughs) a song and a half it is a song um I literally I listened to it on repeat like on the tube, I must look like I want to kill a man because I just <laughs> listen to it on repeat and I get myself really riled up. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Then number two is Antihero, which is Classic. so close to number one. I would say they're almost tied. Yeah. And then number three for me, Mastermind is still vying for that spot. I do love Mastermind. But also for me, Midnight Rain. It's that mm-hmm. little beginning bit. When I first listened to it's the so album, catchy. it almost scared me. Like the beginning bit of that song just came out of nowhere. But now I'm not going to try and sing it. But I do give it a go every time. Try and yeah, do that distorted voice. There's something almost addictive about the like yeah. synthetic distortion. And I, just, I can't put a finger on exactly why, but it's just so like satisfying and fun and I just really like the song Um, and obviously I think we talked about this last week but all the speculation about you know that being about her and and Taylor Lautner and that kind of thing Um, but I've also seen who did I see that it was oh I was watching a load of edits yesterday and there was like (laughs) Gilmore Girls edits it might have been like Dean and Rory um, for oh, Midnight Rain. Oh, I saw that, I think. I think that came up on my feed. <laughs> I also um, saw a TikTok and it was like the five stages of listening to Midnight Rain. Did you see that one? No. Where it's like the first stages. What the hell is this you, synthetic no, nonsense? That, yeah. And then it gets to the end and she's got sunglasses on and she's on top of a sofa just jamming out. It, it truly so is a process. Fun. And yeah, that one's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> 100%. I also just wanted to touch base because you mentioned Antihero and that is another song that I really like. But obviously, poor Taylor has undergone like quite a bit mm. of controversy this week as a result of the, the music video, um, which I was like, obviously... It doesn't like overshadow the success of the album, but I definitely felt for her because I think like she, I guess, tried to express something very like personal, um, and I think it was interpreted in a way that it was almost as if people willfully decided to ignore the purpose of the music video which was all about someone's personal insecurities mm. um, and like intrusive thoughts and instead tried to say that Taylor was suggesting that all of those things that she thought about herself were external reflections which I think it was mm. clear that it was all about her internal monologue and like the way that she thought about herself but also overcome like negative thoughts yeah. and so I thought it was a shame to see so much like negative discourse when I think in reality she was trying to I guess tap yeah. into something that was relatable to a lot of people but I still love yeah. the song. <laughs> oh yeah definitely I think it's one of those things where I can kind of see it like from both sides I can see mm-hmm. what she was trying to do but then also every time you put art out into the world 
it is up for perception and things mm-hmm. are subjective. But what I did think was interesting as I saw this comparison to, um, I haven't actually seen the video, but I, is it, do you pronounce it Charlie Puth or Charlie Puth? Did Charlie you see Puth. this? Yeah, I saw yeah. the comparison and I also don't know this song or haven't seen the music video, but I do think it's a great example of how women and in particular Taylor Swift just is constantly mm. under scrutiny to a higher level than other people. Um, and I think, yeah, I think obviously her track record wouldn't suggest that it was malicious. Her personal experience with an eating disorder would suggest that it was personal and the notes that she had made publicly about the intention and like story behind the music video I think also made the background of it very clear but I think some people just wanted to I guess obviously highlight what they saw was an issue but also I guess like it became a bit of a witch hunt and I was like I just don't think it's necessary um Mm. but I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's interesting and obviously like you say it's art it's up for interpretation and everyone will have a different view but that was mine and I I did feel bad for her because I think it was like an attack on something that personal like can't be sort of easy to to deal with yeah and I feel like that is something that she almost hasn't really spoken about before and so to like be so vulnerable about something and have it perceived that way Mm. um and then also on the other hand like anyone that genuinely did perceive it that way and was like hurt by it also it's just a very trippy tricky trippy it's not trippy (laughs) a very tricky tricky subject and I do feel like yeah as you say women are held up under such higher scrutiny which is I thought another interesting part of the discourse but yeah Mm. we love (laughs) anti-hero it is still it will forever be in my top three it's so catchy do you know I guess though given the title of the song is anti-hero and it's all about like her being seen as the villain is like it's kind of ironic that that was the one that ended up getting the backlash because it just yeah. kind of feeds back into the whole purpose of the song but it is such a great song yeah. um i love it i mean i love all of the songs on the album except for vigilante shit which i just can't yeah get I, it is a skip for me do you know it's what's gone right skip, up for me skip, after skip. you said you didn't like it paris paris i knew you're gonna say yeah. that to be fair it's not that i don't <laughs> like the song as such although I have to say it's not one that I've listened to a lot it's more so just that like I said last time the title of the song and the vibe that I expect from Paris and then the sound of the song aren't think they don't match in my head so that immediately felt Mm. jarring to me but then again it also comes down to the personal experience and like what she views Paris as versus my experience of it um and also (laughs) I just felt like it, it felt like um very like 1989 and I don't mind that album but there's a few songs that I like on it but I wouldn't say that it's like a favorite album of mine necessarily so yeah well it didn't rank in either of our top threes but yeah no No, that one is growing on me but as you say yeah it doesn't mention anything about album croissants and Disneyland (laughs) and they're all Shakespeare and Company bookshop (laughs) two very different vibes we've got there um but yeah still loving the album I think Mm -hmm. I've listened to it I would say a hundred hours at this point and that's definitely been a high of the week but I can think of others so do you want to kick it off with your high and low? Okay so my high of the week was that on Monday I booked a day off of work to do my annual Christmas movie day with my mum and my sister. Um, I love that! We, we do it every year in October half term which for me is just a random day in October now but for my mum who actually works in a school it's like a specific you know we wait for her to get the October half term dates. I book a day. We have like loads of cozy food, watch a couple of like Christmassy things on TV and just have a like chilled out festive day 
and it marks like the start of the festive season. So this year we watched The Muppets Christmas Carol, which I bloody love. It was so fun, so cosy, and it's definitely my favourite adaptation of the Christmas Carol story. Um, And then... The other thing that we watched was the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special from oh, 2008. Which such again, a good line like, I feel like the reason that Gavin and Stacey Christmas special, specifically that one, is so addictive to watch is because it feels like actual Christmas. It doesn't yes. feel like Hallmark Christmas or like a fantasy Christmas that you see in, you know, like Elf or whatever. It feels like literal like family Christmas in the UK. Um, I agree. That's I such it. a good that's such a good way to put it. Yeah. That kind of like all the stages of a Christmas day and like the family arguments that can happen <laughs> and the pressure for it to be perfect and like the actual, as you say, kind of British Brit Britishisms um, of Christmas Day. Yeah. yeah, you're so right. I've never thought about it like that, but that is definitely yeah. yeah that's definitely like the, the reason. Whole, the merged family of like being brought together by yeah, like a married couple, and then you've also got like the split up parents of baby Neil, and it's just like there's so many layers that I think are very relatable to a lot of people, um, and yet it is just like peak comedy as well. So I absolutely love that. Um, and then because my mum lives currently in the Yorkshire Dales, although she is moving back to Leeds soon, which I'm excited Ooh. about. Um, but she lives about like an hour or so away from me at the moment, so I got to listen to Midnight's on the way there and back. So it was Love like a that. double whammy of a high of the week. So that's my high, Christmas movie day, sandwiched by an hour of delightful Taylor Swift listening. Um, although I will say this, a slight low of the week one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. I will say this. I will say this. <laughs> Slight low of the week was that I followed Satnav to get to my mum's um, house on the way there, and it took me a way that gave me like proper trauma experiences because it was um, my first graduate job was in Nesborough, and it was a like marketing oh, assistant or executive this. at a radiator company, um, <laughs> and I. You know, aside from not actually liking the job very oh, much, God. <laughs> the drive itself was traumatic on country roads, on like really yeah. thin, windy roads that everyone's driving so fast on. Um, and the sat-nav took me that exact way and I was just like, oh, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I truly believe that if you can market radiators, you can market anything. <laughs> I do think, I, I'd like to think my marketing skills have come a long way since the radiator days. But yeah, it really <laughs> took me back. And I did think, you know, not to big myself up or anything, but that was about four years ago to the month because I started that job in the October of graduation year. So October 2018 and we're now October 2022. And I'm like, do you know what? I've come a long way since then. Um, <laughs> I have a job that I enjoy a lot, lot more. So yeah, it's all good. So although this is that's also a high of the week. The drive, yeah, it was it was a lot of mixed emotions, traumatic drive, but feeling good about myself. So that was the high of the week, and then my low of the week is the simple fact, as I mentioned earlier, that House of the Dragon has finished. And I can't relate, but I feel sad for you. In a sense, I. I just feel like it is a bit of a high because the series was so good and the fact that I'm feeling devastated about it finishing Mm -hmm. is testament to how good it was. Um, And I've just enjoyed the watching experience, having a show that I'm like looking forward to watching an episode of every week and like Mm -hmm. actually tuning in on the day rather than like binge watching in like 
really like short period of time and also the fact that like so many people on TikTok have been equally obsessed if not more obsessed than me so being able to hear everyone else's thoughts on it and just like see everyone's favorite characters and analyzing of the episodes it's been so much fun so I'm really glad that I did get into it and watch it when it was going out live but yeah. it's over now and I don't think the second season is meant to be out until 2024 so mm, so you got a long little way little bit gutting I'm not gonna lie but it's just been so good. So it's a high because it's so good, but it's a low because it's all over. <laughs> I'm really glad that you enjoyed that one because honestly, I think the saddest part of the last few podcasts has been you not liking Bake Off. So for you to have a TV show that you do like, I'm happy for you. Yeah, do you know, I, it's, it is devastating to not be enjoying this year's <laughs> Bake Off. That was a curveball that I don't think anyone saw coming. Myself, least of all, because I was expecting to love it. Um, but House of the Dragon came at like the perfect time. Swooped in, flew so in, good. if you will, <laughs> <laughs> and breathed fire into your passion into my for TV. Life. Again. Yeah, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so that's me. There's my highs. There's my lows. What has been going on for you? Okay, so I'm going to start with my low. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which I'm sure you might be able to guess. As soon as I start this story, you might be able to guess it. So. This week, so on Monday to Wednesday, I had annual leave and I went back to York for two nights, stayed in an Airbnb for one reason and one reason only. (laughs) I didn't end up seeing Kira or really anyone because (laughs) everyone was working during the day and I couldn't see anyone in the evenings because I had gone to York with a specific purpose and it meant that my evenings were full. So... I can't remember if we covered this on the podcast last year. I think maybe we did. I think we probably did, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because it's definitely the lamest thing. And that's saying quite something (laughs) in my life. Which is, if you've ever been to York or if you've ever seen things about York on the internet, you will know, or probably will know, about their little ghost shop, the York Ghost Merchants, which is on the shambles. (laughs) Which is a shop that has always been popular and always had a queue outside it. But it went viral on TikTok, I think, and then it became like a craze. And now there's this little shop on the shambles that sells these little ghosts. I don't know what they're made out of. Like resin, wood. Oh. Oh, I'm not sure. It feels like ceramic, but it wouldn't break. Hmm. Do you know, know. I've actually never touched one, so I'm I'm just guessing at this point. (laughs) You missed it out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So they're made of something. And they're like collectible. Every single one's unique. And people will queue up for hours to get these ghosts. And every year... Uh, during Halloween week, so it was every day this week up till yesterday, Thursday, they do a little ghost hunt around the York Minster where they hide 125 each night on like the roads around the York Minster, including the York Minster. And if you find one, you can keep it. (laughs) And I went last year and I went every single day and it was the most joy I have felt (laughs) in my adult life. Like, honestly, it's like an Easter egg hunt, but better. It's like a treasure hunt as an adult. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? And now I've got my little collection of ghosts. See, I'm really exposing myself as lame. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just so much like, honestly, a wholesome Halloween joy last year that I decided to go back this year. So me and my sister and her boyfriend all went to get an Airbnb and we did the ghost hunt on Monday and Tuesday. (laughs) And last year, to preface this, between us, we found six. This year, we found none. (laughs) So sad. I went all the way to York. To not come away with I paid for my train (laughs) and I paid... Well, (laughs) that's an extended low. So I thought... (laughs) 
I really want a little ghost to commemorate the fact that I went down this year. Like, it would be quite nice to have one every year. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went to the shop and I stood in the queue for two and a half hours. Are you having a laugh? Two I'm and a not, half hours? I am not having a laugh. <laughs> this is no laughing matter. Wow. Did you get one, though? Dedication. I got one. I should have brought it to show you. Um, it's a little kind of like rainbowy one, and it kind of ties into my London room. So now I've That's got an cute. extra little ghost in my family, and I also <laughs> got one. I don't think Rachel's going to listen to this because I don't think she cares about the podcast. Um, but I also got one for my sister because she was quite sad, and she didn't stand in the queue because they had an earlier train. I did it as my last thing in York. I was like, I am not leaving this city without, without a ghost. ghost. I think <laughs> yeah. that's fair enough. Um, it's yeah. a shame you didn't have the same success this year as you did last year, but you can't have it all. Um, and I would actually like to change and retract my low of the week. My low okay. of the week <laughs> is that you came to York and didn't come and see me. Uh, I was mortally offended. I did think about cutting you off forever at that point, but I decided to give you another chance, but I was it, feeling upset, I'm not going to lie. It was the whole work slash evening thing. I had several people message me like, can we do something in the evening? And I was like, no, we can't. I'm, I'm hunting for ghosts. <laughs> I'm quite literally on a mission and I cannot <laughs> do anything. So next time I come to York, that's not in Halloween week. I promise it'll be fun. fun. I'll hold you to Well, that. it will be fun. It will but be it'll fun. also be full of brew and brownie and spark and me and you. Just know this. If you come to York again <laughs> and you don't pop in to see me, this will be the end. <laughs> Okay, that's noted. Good. That's noted. Good. Okay. I'm glad. You know, I do so look that here, was so my... I'm always open for a cup of tea, at the very least. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's true. I could have come in the day, to be fair. I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but we know for yeah. next time. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> you've watched me get a bollocking. <laughs> <laughs> I did think I'd say, I'll save this so that everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, you really outed me on the podcast there. Uh, so that was my low of the week, but also my high because... Again, we didn't find anything, but it was just pure joy. Like, on the second night, we split up at the beginning of the night. I actually went somewhere, which I would highly recommend. So we decided to get a hot drink to take with us on our mission on mm -hmm. the second night. So I went to Coco Joe's. You know the place by Broom Brown? Yeah, I've never been there, but... Really enjoyed it. They, like, let me try loads of different chocolate buttons to find <laughs> the one that I wanted with my hot chocolate. And then I got to pick, and I had it with oat milk. Um, and it was really nice. I had, like, a milk chocolate hot chocolate with a pinch of sea salt, which is my favourite life very hack. Very nice, yeah. very nice. Um, so we all got our hot chocolates, and then we went to different locations and just, like, it was like a stakeout, like waiting to try and find the people that were putting them down. It didn't happen, so low slash high. But then my high of the week is that my Grace Beverly productivity planner finally yes. arrived. And I did, I do have that here to show you. I mean, do sorry you? to anyone listening. Here's one I made earlier. Look, look how cute. I do love I it. have wanted a new planner for so long. And this one is just so good because it doesn't have any of those stupid things that you get in planners, which is like... What's my, like, what, how many glasses of water have I drank today? Like, I do not need to track that. What's, what's my motto of the day? No, <laughs> I, I want something that's gonna let me have, like, put in, like, by the hour, what meetings and, like, time things I've got, as you can see here. Mm -hmm. And then I want Love things that. that I can, like, this one's got quick ticks, tasks and projects. So you can separate things out. out of 10 by how long they'll take. So that is a high of the week. Very excited about that. Um, and then also another high is that yesterday, 
Dawn O'Porter, author of Cat Lady, which we spoke about on the last week's podcast, yes. came in and had we all got a glass of champagne in the middle of the work day and we got to like listen to her speak about the book and then we got her to sign a copy. It was great. Oh, that's cute. I love that for you. Um I have to say that productivity planner was high on my list, but in the end I had just recently bought a new notebook for my new job which I started in August so I was like I don't need a new planner and that one does tick my boxes because it's got no dates on it it's just got Mm -hmm. a strip at the top with uh, months and a strip with numbers and you can like circle or highlight the day and a number of like the month whatever it is um and then that's it it doesn't give you any like other prompts it's just like plain lined so that works quite well for me yeah I like Um, that and I feel like it's unrestrictive and it means that none of the pages will go to waste because they're not set for certain dates and I won't have to miss anything. So I do like that one. Grace's one probably would have been a little bit better had I have not already purchased my one. But mm-hmm. I was thinking, do I need to spend like 35 quid on a notebook? Probably not. Yeah. But Mine was like my gift nice? to myself yeah. when I got yeah. the job. Yeah. Exactly. It, Your job regardless, came at the perfect time. Yeah, it did. Regardless of what planner you've got. I do feel like getting a new planner is the kind of new school year joy that never gets old. And also, related to my second high about Cat Lady, <laughs> I feel like I can make up the fact that I didn't come and see you in York because I got a new copy that I got signed, which means that my other copy you can have. Can I? Because I really do like the cover of that one. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited. I'll post it out to you. So Thank now I've got you. two hardback copies and it's got the cute little foiled cats on. I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm being a bit more, um, well, first of all, I'll just say that I've been very jealous of you and all of your like books because there's just so (laughs) many at the moment. But second of all, the jealousy is only worsened by the fact that I'm trying to be a little bit more conscious with Mm -hmm. book buying, not wasting loads of money on like huge book hauls when I still have books that I technically need to read. Um, And so Mm -hmm. haven't been buying loads of new books lately, but that one definitely sounds like one I'm interested in. Well, it is coming your way. And that is my apology to you. Thank you. You are for the York. You're for the York disaster. Yes, I thought I thought a foiled cat book might make up for it. Yes, you have. <laughs> and I won do, your way back into my heart. I do want to see pictures of Oscar with it. Oh, 100%. I, I think yeah. it's quite fun to open a book and put it next to your like, sleeping cat and pretend that they've fallen yeah. asleep while they're reading. Um, even so though cute. they definitely haven't. But who who's going to prove it? Not and me. everyone knows that they haven't, but everyone partakes in the in the, in the facade. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's my high and low. Love it. Do you have anything else to mention from the week? Um. So... As I mentioned earlier, <laughs> buckle up. I don't actually have loads, to be honest. I feel like it's been a fairly, I think, I don't know why, but I feel like it's been just a week that's gone very, very quickly. But as I mentioned, House of the Dragon sadly is over. Me and Jay have been on the hunt for other things to watch. And so we've gone down two very different tracks. One thing has been that because it is almost Halloween, we've been doing a week of like horror films watching. So we started with American Psycho last weekend and then we've since watched the new netflix version of the texas chainsaw massacre we also watched it it was i genuinely felt most of that like i was so tense by the end of that film Mm -hmm. and like i felt a little bit sick because it it was so gory and just you know so many people killed with chainsaws but it's not that scary in the sense that like it seems so unrealistic that it's 
less scary, but just like very intense to watch. And then mm-hmm. we also watched Hide and Seek. Um, Ooh, which I've never heard of that. It's an older one. It has Dakota Fanning and Robert De Niro um, as like okay. a father and daughter who like move away from New York to this like house upstate. And then she has this like imaginary friend called Charlie, but then Charlie starts doing all of these bad things and it seems like, is it actually imaginary or is it something different? So that was good. And then a final one that we've watched so far has been the thing which is one from the 80s and it's like these men in the um, arctic circle somewhere antarctica or in the arctic circle i don't know exactly where and um, and it starts where these norwegian people like fly into their camp and they've gone crazy and they're trying to like shoot something and then they end up getting rid of these norwegian people but then they go back to this norwegian camp and try to see like what's gone on and then it turns out there's like this thing which is like a microscopic virus that then like takes over inhabitants and makes them go crazy so that was oh good. they're the kind of things that i can't i mean i can't do any kind of horror movie but those particular ones which kind of feel like they could happen mm-hmm. like i remember watching what's is it like world war z is that yeah thing? i've not seen i remember it, that I scared me yeah. yeah anything that like feels apocalyptic really freaks me out so that was jay's choice and so was um he wants to watch Aliens, which is another one. Which oh, I've I, heard of that one. I haven't watched the original Aliens. We watched like Alien, the the New Covenant, or something like that in the cinema yeah. a few years ago when it came out. And those kinds of ones where like stuff like breaks out of bodies and it's like an alien has taken over and it's just like Ooh, I don't like that very <laughs> much. I like ones that are very like psychological, like hide and seek or. I'm making Jay watch The Sixth Sense, which is so Ooh, I've never good. Seen that one either. You absolutely have to. That's it's not scary necessarily. That one is definitely okay. more psychological um, and just very interesting. And then I also do like slasher, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Saw, those types of ones because you are so brave. I literally can't even. <laughs> what? I can't do horror movies. I literally can't. You know. I, I don't love them, I do scare myself, but there's some yeah. like that where I think, okay, this is obviously a figment of someone's imagination. Um, the Human Centipede is another one that I'm like, it's like one of those ones where it's so disturbing, but also it's like, you know, it's not really real, like, mm, it's not gonna That happen. one's kind of, like, amusing to me. I did watch that one as a child. <laughs> I haven't watched a horror movie since I was 15. You know this. You do know this. Which because one? when I was 15, I watched The Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't been able to sleep on my own. Like, if I'm sleeping with someone, I can sleep with the light off. But on my own, I cannot sleep with that <laughs> lamp on. However, since I moved to London, I've progressed. I've grown up. And instead of, needing, <laughs> instead of needing a full lamp, I can just have a tiny one that plugs into the wall. You have got a nightlight. Oh, <laughs> that's very cute. Um, yeah, to be fair, like, I obviously live with a man so I know that if someone was to come after <laughs> us with a man. <laughs> it would be his his responsibility to protect us rather than mine so I'm like I think that that does give me an edge in terms of being able to watch them without too much fear so that's yeah, been that does, yeah. one strand of our tv watching this week okay. the other strand you may find this quite funny because we have gone on Netflix and we've started watching an old series of Coach Trip <laughs> that's such a throwback we're watching coach trip road to zante and and it's so (laughs) so funny um it's so petty 
but just so watchable at the same time and like it's similar i think to love island in the sense that (laughs) you've lost me (laughs) as reality tv goes you obviously have like an original cast of characters and then you have like new people dropped in all the time who are then like changing up the dynamic it's also on the contestants to vote off other people and to take people's fates into their hands um and yeah people can just be so petty in it and like that's just part of the fun so I'm loving it we're about halfway into the season now they're only about like 20 minute episodes which is also quite nice because like yeah watch one really quickly you don't have to commit too much time um and it's just a lot of fun so that's been two very very different strands of tv watching this week um and I've just been feeling a little bit sad because I've just reflected on how much good TV there has been this year. Like, we had Bridgerton, season two. Oh, Bridgerton, season two. Don't get me started. We had, you probably won't have watched this, but the Obi-Wan series with Ewan McGregor mm, on Did Disney not watch Plus. that. <laughs> We've had um, Stranger Things season four. Oh, yes. We've had House of the Dragon. There is going to be a season of The Crown coming out in November. So there's been I so didn't know many. That. Yeah, there's first season of like the final mm. installment is coming in November. So that's very exciting. So there's like been a lot of good stuff this year, but a yeah. lot of these things like Stranger Things and House of the Dragon are all like on a two-year cycle. So there's like less good things in the wings waiting for next year, which is kind of sad. So yeah, yeah. You've had a good TV year when you line it up like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I have too. Bridgerton season two. Oh, Iconic. We were talking about this on our lunch break at work yesterday. Like, so we were having a debate, season one versus season two. And I feel like it really does divide people. What are you again? Season, mm-hmm. season one season two. two? Season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are the bane of my existence. The object of my desires. <laughs> I just, yeah, I re-watched season one quite soon after I'd watched season yeah. two. And that just solidified it for me because I just feel like... The whole Daphne and the Duke thing, while it was interesting and steamy, it also became just a bit repetitive and, like, I just feel like the whole, the inadvertent love triangle that we ended up in this year, it was just iconic. I just loved it. Yeah. I honestly, that slow burn, enemies to lovers. Mm. I feel like, honestly, I feel like season two was for all of the romance readers out there because there was an instant gratification but like a slow build up of emotion and for me that is like that's what I like to read so to get it to was, watch it it was so good yeah and the music it was so good delivered again the music was so good mm-hmm. um in fact I might listen to it after we finish recording because there's like yeah. two songs there was the Harry Styles sign of the times and then let me just quickly check my Spotify because I can't remember which other one it was but what I can confirm is that it was absolutely exceptional. <laughs> Kira's really good on this podcast at like speaking when she's trying to do something, like so she carries on speaking so that there's not a gap in recording. She's very yeah, good at that. It is. Okay. <laughs> oh, it was dancing on my own. <gasps> yeah, that God. was very good. God yeah. almighty, that was good. Yeah. It was ten out of ten. Um realistically. There are, just, there yeah. are two like pieces of art that I consume if I really want to get myself into the mood to write romance mm-hmm. and it is Bridgerton season two mm-hmm. and people we meet on vacation by Emily Henry both of those like just like things that you can consume what is the word <laughs> both of those pieces of art yeah of, we'll go with, yeah, we'll of go with that both of those <laughs> we'll just we we'll just won't say anything at all uh <laughs> I feel get the romantic chemistry just so right and 
I just, I could never reread People We Meet on Vacation too much and I could never watch Bridgerton season two too much. Like it's, it's just iconic TV. So yeah, I forgot that that came out this year. Like I feel like the days have gone really quick but the year's gone really slow. I can't believe I feel how like much has happened. a lot has happened in the year. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, but I kind of maybe expected this year to be a bit of a slow, like a less intense one or like with less to happen. Mm. Probably just because we've come out of lockdown and it's kind of, like, it's been the first year of, like, full normality. So I don't know why that yeah. felt like it wasn't going to be particularly remarkable. But it's been a good one. There's been a lot to happen. Yeah. Um, and on the subject of music, I have one final thing to say. And okay. I'm handing over to you for your week. Now, another rogue thing. I feel like I'm making myself seem, like, extremely eclectic with the whole horror films, Coach Trip, Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, Bridgerton. <laughs> Here's another string to my bow. I have been listening to some worship music. <laughs> from the perspective of like it's just very uplifting i am not in the slightest religious but a few months ago there was a song that went like viral on tiktok which was i remember this one yeah this girl who everyone like really fancied and she was singing like he picked me up and and like that went on my running playlist straight away because it was just such a banger and but then i watched (laughs) a youtuber who was Christian, I watched one of her videos, like it was like a Q&A and it wasn't like a specific religion video, but she I think is quite religious. And and then I was suggested some music from Hillsong, who are like the cool Christian music producers. <laughs> and they do like, you know, worship sessions where it looks like a, a concert type thing. And it's like, right. There's a couple of songs. One, How Great Is Our God? <laughs> and then the other one was let me find it for you because it was absolutely it was a bop you know i can't deny it here i am to worship honestly <laughs> this is the most unkira statement to come out of kira's mouth and like the thing is, is that i'm listening to them purely from the objective perspective that they're good songs like they just feel yeah. good you know get you in a good mood but i'm like Obviously, I'm not listening to it as a Christian, but at the same time, I can see why the Christians love it because it's it's great music. It's a bop. It really it's a bop. is, and <laughs> you can see in the music videos they are having a great time when they're there. So love that for them. <laughs> okay, is that your entire week? That's me uh, in a nutshell. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> you can't be put in any boxes. You are boxless. <laughs> did you just nearly choke on your tea? I did. Yeah. You did. You, you made me giggle. You made me giggle. But um, yeah. I, Honestly, I really don't think that I have got much else about this week. Like, because my other things this week kind of tie into our other two categories of conversation. Obviously, I did go on the ghost hunt, went to York. But the highlight of this week for me has been just the variety of things I have eaten. (laughs) It's been a good food week. I have drank so many different hot chocolates this week. I had, obviously, the one from Coco Joe's, which was Mm -hmm. like milk chocolate with sea salt. Oh, the best. (laughs) And then I had one from Brew and Brownie, which was a Nutella hot chocolate, which, oh, just hits different. Mm -hmm. It really does. It's just been a great week of hot chocolates. Anyone that's known me for a long time will know that I'm a hot chocolate connoisseur. Everyone at my last job used to make fun of me for having a hot chocolate, like, most days. They said it was only a winter thing, but I really, really disagree there. Because (laughs) why is hot coffee and hot tea an all-year-round thing? and hot chocolate you only have in winter why why would we constrict ourselves yeah there's nothing about hot chocolate in and of itself that is only wintery and certainly not like only festive so i'm Mm. like you know what if that's your drink of choice yeah go go out there and you drink as much hot chocolate as you want 
Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to experience the childlike joy of like scoffing a load of marshmallows and then refilling it? (laughs) Why would I not? Why wouldn't I want to suck up all the squirty cream and then just put more on and keep going and going until I've used half a can in one drink? Why wouldn't I want to? Why wouldn't I want to chase around a city looking after looking for little ceramic ghosts? See where this this all ties in. It all ties in. So I had that and then I also had, whilst I was in York, a Yorkshire pudding wrap, which, Mm. do you know what? Whilst I lived in York, hardly ever had them. But every time I go to York as a visitor, I always have one. I've never had one personally. um, And it is actually forever a sore point in my life that Yorkshire pudding's not vegan because I just wish that they were. It's so easy to make vegan pancakes and yet pancake batter and Yorkshire pudding batter are basically the same thing. And yet... Do they behave the same way when you try and make it as Yorkshire pudding? No, they do not. So. Oh, right. So it's not even that places don't do a vegan one. It's that you just can't do it. People have made them, but I don't know what ingredients Legend says. Legend says, but a lot of people try uh, okay. in their own kitchen and it just ends up being like a stodgy, like it doesn't puff up. You don't get the like mm. indentation. It's just like almost like um you know those egg muffins that you can get at like starbucks where it's oh, like don't they pretend oh, it's a muffin the, but it's really honestly, just an egg <laughs> that is the most bizarre choice from a coffee shop to bring out when yeah. i saw that i was like egg bites there yes. is nothing on this planet that would make me pick up an egg bite no so they kind of just end up like looking a bit like that in like their shape yeah. they just you know it doesn't have the same appeal but what i have done recently is simply just buy um a sheet of like ready roll puff pastry like cut it like a square of it and put it in like mm-hmm. a little dish and bake that and then once it puffs up you just kind of push it down a little bit to make a little indentation and Ooh. it's not it's not an exact science and it doesn't feel exactly like Yorkshire pudding but once you put the gravy in it and you're eating it with the rest of a roast dinner it's yeah, not it's a good substitute it's not too shabby so yeah that would be my recommendation because I think you know you can buy all these expensive vegan egg replacements and stuff but mm-hmm. so often you're just not guaranteed that they're going to work whereas at least with the puff pastry you kind of know what you're getting so yeah and that concludes our Yorkshire pudding section on today's <laughs> podcast. But yeah, I honestly just feel like this week has been such a good food week. I've also discovered a soup from Sainsbury's, Ooh. which I have now eaten four times in two weeks, like four tubs in two weeks. It is butternut squash and sage with risotto, and it's a soup. Stop. I know. I'm going to need know. you to find a tub let me know if it's vegan because I don't okay. want to go to a Sainsbury specifically only to be disappointed so if you could let okay. me know I advance, will find that out that because it is exceptional de-fucking-licious it really is oh, it moved okay. me I don't think I've ever dropped the F-bomb on this podcast <laughs> but here I am and I'm doing it for soup <laughs> wow it was I think the risotto part of it it catches my attention. Butternut squash and sage. I think we've already had an in-depth discussion on mm-hmm. how good of a combination mm-hmm. that is. Yeah. But yeah. Pret used to have a mushroom risotto soup, which unfortunately Ugh. seems to have been taken <laughs> from <laughs> taken off of the rotation. But I loved that. Ten out of ten. Risotto so, is just one of my favourite foods. So yeah, I will find that for you. Can and I, I just will tell say, you? I will report back. Yeah. Uh, when you said risotto is one of your foods, you just triggered a memory, uh, which is that <laughs> inspired. I did think of you. I was going to text you, and then I thought this might seem a little bit weird. But now that we're talking, I might as well tell you. Always thought, just text me. It's never too weird. Some leaks the other day, and I thought, and it reminded <laughs> me. <laughs> Do you know what's so weird about that? I that wouldn't have been the first text that I've received saying that exact thing. <laughs> For some reason, people just think. 
of me when they see a leak. No, because you love leaks more than anyone else I've ever met. Like, no one They're else. They're so versatile. <laughs> they are so automate. Like, leak in potato soup, leak in parmesan risotto, leaks just like buttery leeks on a roasted dinner, honey mustard leeks with sausage and mash. Honestly, come to me for all your leek needs because I will provide. Although actually, I've not cooked a leek in a long time. You've just inspired me, re-inspired me. To, to get back leak. on the leaks, yeah. <laughs> I, it's not a regular purchase for me, but I saw some in Tesco last week in the food shop and I thought, Do you know what? quite fancy a leek so i got one and and lo and behold i had it with sausage and mash and it was lovely oh it's so delicious honestly yeah the most versatile member of the onion family i firmly Mm. believe i also i have one more thing to say which is probably of very little interest to anyone but during my last sausage and mash incident um i (laughs) it became an incident rather than a meal because i had (laughs) just about dished up everything and then alarm bells rang I didn't have any gravy granules in the house <gasps> at all. Oh my god, that it is a drama. devastating, but I thought, think quick, Kira, you've got to have something to go on this sausage and mash. So I'll tell you what I did. It was, I started to <laughs> I'll make... I'll tell you as for why. I'll tell you what I did. Um, it was, I made a roux, so melt some butter, uh, vegan of course, bit of flour in it, add a little bit of oat milk bit by bit until you've got a thick sauce, thick Ooh, enough okay. as like a gravy consistency. And then I added in a spoonful of Marmite because Marmite has like a very, Ooh, you know, yeah. almost like beefy, gravyish texture. Yeah. Oh, not texture, flavour. I don't know how they do it because it's made out of yeast, but put that in so there. Delicious. Um, and it kind of looked like the gravy that you get at Ikea that comes with the Swedish noodles, oh, yeah. like almost like a pale brown gravy yeah. rather than like a dark brown but i'll tell you what it was really nice like i that was that does sound nice i, I was would impressed eat that. so while it was a bit more effort than just simple gravy granules in a mug mix up with hot water it hit the spot and it, it delivered what i needed it to deliver so there we go Mar- marmite is the underrated hero of the food cupboards and i, I will die on that hill if you haven't tried marmite grow up <laughs> grow up Pull your socks up and get on with it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so aside from Marmite, Mm -hmm. what are you recommending this week? Okay, so I'm recommending a book which I'm technically only halfway through, but I'm confident it's going to be a winner. Do you know what's funny? I'm just going to stop you there and say... I am also recommending a book I'm halfway through, so. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. We, we love to commit before we're really certain about something. But yeah. my book that I'm recommending is The Institute by Stephen King. So Ooh. I decided this weekend, uh, alongside watching horror films and everything in the lead up to Halloween, I would also pick up a Stephen King book because he is obviously king of horror. <laughs> king. No pun intended. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah, I um, did see what you did there. <laughs> um... <laughs> And so I had, again, going back to my attempt to not buy new books, I had a couple of Stephen King books on my shelves that I haven't read yet, um, and The Institute was one of them. Um, And I definitely made an aesthetic decision because of the books that I had, it was the one with the nicest cover. Um, Okay. But essentially it's about kids with special powers like telekinesis or uh, telepathy who have been basically abducted and taken to this institute and then they're like experimented on by in this like government facility and they don't know why or what's going on and this one kid with a very high IQ gets there and then he basically tries to escape um, and that is like the blurb of the book basically so it's very good and it's reminding me of two other Stephen King books one being The Shining because 
one of the main characters in that, Danny, is a little boy who has these like special powers. And then the second one is Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining, where we have Danny as an adult, then connecting with this very uh, like powerful telepathic girl called Abra, who is being basically like stalked and hunted down by these people who want to like take her and harvest her powers essentially. So. I really liked those two books, Shining and Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep, I think, is actually my favourite, and this one feels very similar to Doctor Sleep, so although I've not finished it yet, um, I'm confident it's going to be a winner, and I'm very much enjoying it, so yeah. Mm. I just love it when you get to the point of a book where you haven't finished it, but you just feel confident mm. that it's going to be a winner, which is why I'm also recommending something that I've not finished, and it is actually a proof that I've been reading that Meg, my editor at Harper North, sent me of a book that when I saw they announced it on their Twitter I immediately was like Meg this might be cheeky <laughs> but you need to get me a proof of that uh, and it's called Spilt Milk and it is by Amy Bishel I think that's how you pronounce that and I remember reading one of her YA books a long time ago like a good few years and she's releasing I think it might be her first adult book and it is about a mum mm-hmm. who has like I think a a toddler, so two or three years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has a toddler called Mabel and she loves her toddler, but she really struggles with motherhood uh, because she wasn't expecting it to have such, like obviously she knew it would be hard work, but she didn't know it would have such a massive transformation of her life. Mm -hmm. And it also coincided, I think within a matter of days, she had a child and lost her mother. So that's kind of the main character situation. She's got this toddler and she really kind of resents motherhood, but her husband wants another child. So they're kind of at this breaking point and she ends up getting pregnant, but then she has this vlog, not vlog, she has a blog uh, on the internet and she gets drunk one night and she tweets that she wishes she wasn't a mother or something to that effect and it ends up going viral because and she only realized it goes as far it went viral when her husband texts her and is like oh my god what have you done but she didn't even know she pressed publish on the post so it is about kind of this you know it's about the hive mind of social media and how it can like train wreck someone's life but it Mm -hmm. is also about that struggle of being a mum and loving your child but also struggling with that change of identity which I think is going to be so relatable to a lot of people and that one comes out in March and I think it'll probably be on NetGalley so if anyone's on NetGalley you could probably request that but it is just such a clever narrative voice because I really feel for the main character I feel like I'm inside her brain and I, I feel that kind of balance or imbalance of she did mean what she said but she just wishes she could stuff it back in her mouth she does love her child but she also loves who she was before she had kids I think it's a really important kind of book and I don't I think more and more books are getting published with that kind of point of view but I think it's taken a while for us to get to this point where women feel like they can speak out about kind of every aspect of motherhood like Mm -hmm. even the things that are more taboo like maybe regretting it or maybe not wanting kids at all or yeah. kind of those things I think it really kind of enters into that sphere of books really well and I'm really enjoying it so I'm over halfway now and I would highly recommend that you either pre-order or try and get a proof or something like that but yeah mm-hmm. very much enjoying that does sound very good and it definitely triggered my memory of a book that I can't remember if I talked about on the podcast but The School for Good Mothers um yes I mean I can't remember if you did but I've heard about it yeah and so it's a a dystopian essentially where this mother 
um, is like sleep deprived, freaking out. Her daughter, I think, has like an ear infection or something, and she mm-hmm. leaves the baby at home and like goes out to work. And then a neighbor calls the police, and the baby is taken into uh, custody and then given to the dad and his new girlfriend because the parents are separated. And then right. Frida, the mother, is basically given an option to. Um, try and regain custody of her child by going to this place called the School for Good Mothers, which is a facility where other parents who've had their parental rights terminated um, are basically given, like, a dummy, uh, like, a, like um, what's the word, like, an artificial intelligence right, version okay. of their child, like, the same age as their child would have been, same developmental sort of status and everything. And they're basically, like, taken through parenting school with this like real entity that is very interesting concept and it's it's so interesting because i think it obviously just is like goes to show like she was in there with people who had like i guess genuinely like abused children and things like that and they were all being put on this same like level playing field but then at the same time you as the reader you feel a lot of sympathy for frida um and you know like how much she wants to get back to her daughter but then at the same time you're like you know she made like mm. potentially like a fatal mistake by leaving her and so it's like a very interesting one because I think it makes you as a reader quite aware of your judgments but then also yeah it was just a very interesting book I think it was definitely one that I'd recommend because I think it was very nuanced um but it definitely mm-hmm. fits into a similar category I think as definitely. the one you just described I think books that make you kind of question as you say your own judgment and your own opinions mm-hmm. and also your ability to make judgment on others I always love those kind of books I think they're really yeah really kind of inspirational category mm-hmm. of books <laughs> which leads me on I feel like you felt my so talent about on this <laughs> my talent on this podcast is the segues which some of you might disagree but do not tell me if you do no keep it to <laughs> so, yourself so <laughs> on the topic I just made a really weird squeak did you hear that <laughs> On the topic of very inspirational books, uh, what have you been inspired by this week? Which I know is always our hardest category to think of. It is, because I suppose um, I'm often inspired by creators, but then I think it's easy to be in, a, in like, not, I don't want to say an echo chamber, but to be like, you know, if you enjoy a type of content, you're probably watching lots of similar things. So like, I could probably mm-hmm. talk about a million different runners, for example, that I'm inspired by, yeah. but I don't want to talk about a different runner every week because I feel like that yeah. would get repetitive. I am going to talk about a content creator, though, who is called Athena Mella, um, and I have been following her for quite a few years now, um, and her content originally started as, like, outdoorsy content so she was like a hiker and she would do like wild camping um and climbing and all those kinds of like outdoor pursuits um and she was inspiring the whole time because she was kind of I guess breaking into a field that was predominantly male and kind of showing that women can do it and she does have a boyfriend who's also very into these types of things but she would do a lot of videos of like solo hikes planning things sort of going on these adventures on her own and I feel like it's very inspiring um in and of itself she also now has a baby um and still is like out there doing all these things and showing that like you can that's impressive you can do it all um no matter what and she also just has like a very I want to describe it as like homesteady lifestyle so like they Mm -hmm. make a lot of things at home they just live at like a cute cottage um and I just find her lifestyle very inspiring but also the way that she shares it inspiring from like a content creation point of view there are certain creators who manage to bring across and I'm going back to my favorite word but bring across a vibe that I just think is just so incredible and and although you know I'm not to say that I'm like 
bad at making videos but I don't think I'm like as artistic as I wish I could be but I think some people just have a real mm, affinity have the knack for, for it, it. Yeah, yeah and she definitely does and so it's a full whammy like in terms of like inspiring in terms of like activities that she does and inspiring in terms of the content she creates but yeah Athena Mella um, would definitely recommend her videos because they are just very cozy and calming um, and I love them I do think in a very like content heavy world, the fact that some content creators do just stick out as like having this really aesthetically like mm-hmm. inspiring content, it is always impressive because it is so saturated with yeah. content. 100%. Um, but mine is quite similar, but also <laughs> inspiring in a different way. Okay. So I am inspired by Jamie and Habs's podcast. Do you know what? It's the funniest thing. You, it's the you're... funniest thing. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I hadn't decided what I was going to say as an inspired by it until we just spoke about it. And that flashed through my mind because I was going to say I'm inspired by how hilarious they are. That's what I'm, I'm exactly... We are, how, we are on the same wavelength. How brutal Habs can be. I'm inspired by that because she can just... <laughs> she just goes in and it's hilarious. <laughs> it is. Honestly, if our podcast can ever make anyone laugh in a similar that. way... I don't think we've got I any hope. Like, yeah, we haven't got any hope, but my job on this planet would be done. Because I, I've said this to you before, I can't even listen to their... The podcast is called Nearly Weds, for anyone that doesn't know what their podcast is. And for context, Jamie and Habs were on Made in Chelsea. They now have separate pursuits. Uh, Jamie is the founder of Candy Kittens, if you like a candy kitten. I love um, candy kittens. But they, have, they are engaged, and they have a podcast which kind of documents, like their wedding process and the run-up to being newlyweds mm-hmm. um but also just like how they got together and like their kind of outlook on life and I, I can't listen to it in public because I do just end up snorting my way down the street I once made the fatal mistake of trying to listen to it on a run and I nearly was sick <laughs> because I was laughing at it it's honestly you can't underestimate how hard it is to run and laugh at the same time yeah. and oh my god but yeah it's so entertaining um I just think they are, like, I liked both of them on Made in Chelsea, but I think Made in Chelsea does a disservice to their personalities. Yeah, yeah me too. You never guess how hilarious they were, especially Habs, I think. Habs is so dry so funny. and um, so savage. It's hilarious. I do also really like her podcast with Melissa um, on Wednesdays mm-hmm. We Drink Wine. It's not, I don't think, as hilarious, but it does still have, like, a similar vibe. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I do really enjoy both of those podcasts. Yeah. So I guess what we're trying to say is we're inspired by Habs. We're inspired by Habs because she is hilarious. Um, and mm-hmm. th- there can be no further comment other than that. It's just she's an iconically funny person. Yeah. Yeah. We love you, Habs. If you ever want to come on our podcast, <laughs> you're very um, welcome. Yeah, you are 100% welcome. 100%. <laughs> And on that highly humiliating note, because we all know she never will. <laughs> I mean, let's not say never. She's unlikely Never say to. never. <laughs> never say never. Um, but on that note, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. I feel like this has been a very varied episode, and I'm here for it. 100%. It's been all over the place, and that is, as always, a great reflection of very us Very on people. brand. Yeah. <laughs> and we will see you in next week's episode. We hope you have a lovely week, and yeah, see you soon. Bye.